You're listening to After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Jack. I'm Tyler Ma, your host here at the Shepparton News, and as always, alongside me, uh, Ash Williamson. Ash, how's it going? Yeah, good thanks, Tyler. It's um, good to be back after a couple of weeks away, but um, obviously feeling for a lot of communities, bowlers, uh, wider community as well. It's been a rough week or so with floods and all sorts of things, um, which no doubt we'll touch on, but uh, feeling for all those people doing it tough after the flooding in the Golden Valley area over the past week. Yeah, effectively, after the last time we left the studio, it uh, um, all sort of went to water. Um, So we were all looking forward to the start of the new um, Alan Matheson Shield season and and the new season of After the Jack, and uh, what came next was um, really heartbreaking across the region from um, Benalla to Seymour, Nagambi, Yeroa, all the way through Shepparton and, and now out to, um, you know, Echuca and uh, Bambatha, sort of north to Namurka and Nathalia and Rochester as well, Copted as well. So uh, it's been a, a big week or so for the community and, and everyone's pitched in to uh, help and help their neighbours, volunteer, fill sandbags and, and the bowls clubs themselves as well have, have been a haven for a few people as well. So, um, yeah, it's been been tough to see but also uh, I've had a lot of sense of pride not only what we've been able to produce here at the news in terms of the coverage but uh, the the community just banding together and it's exactly why you you love regional communities and, and regional towns. Yeah, certainly. I think, you, um, you know, as, as, as devastating as, as it's been to see communities and families sort of have to shift out of their homes, um, I think it does bring out the best in a lot of people. And um, we've certainly seen that over the last week or so. And even as we speak today, we're, we're getting another downpour of rain. So hopefully that doesn't bring too much extra stress on people who are already doing it tough. But um, no doubt uh, communities and people will continue to rally around each other and support in any way they can to, to get through this together because um, the hard work sort of starts now. Now that the, the floodwaters have peaked, there's still a lot of recovery efforts going on across the region. There certainly is. And uh, also in the studio, as usual, Brian Nisbet. Brian, uh, how have you been? Well, I was on a riverboat for three days last week, uh, uh, Stanley Street. <laughs> was like a yeah we um, paddled across our neighbours kids had a great time on their boards and uh, canoes and uh, with a few people who disobeyed the rules and drove through and created waves over my veranda but I was a foot about going under so which isn't much but fortunately I was one of the lucky ones yep and uh, yeah I'd just like to reiterate what uh, Ashley said and you tell about all the people who who are doing it hard at the moment. Uh, it's, you know, they'd have their house flooded to be the worst, I reckon. And, now, and then the wait and have new coverings, uh, new floor coverings and all that. It'd be a big delay in getting them in, I imagine. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, my heart goes out to all those people. And uh, another special guest in the studio this week for episode two, Mark Ryan uh, from Tally Group. No, Rhino, uh, welcome back to the studio. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for inviting us along, Brian, Ash. It's, uh, we're in a you know, new digs again. Uh, I think uh, every time you've come and seen the, uh, the podcast gear, it's been in a new spot. Just trying to you know, settle into a nice groove and um, you know, make sure Brian's not walking t- through the office too much. And, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's good to have you on. And Thanks. I suppose uh, you know, since the last time we would have spoken to you, it's uh, been a, a really 
really big and, and proud effort from uh, from Tally Group, mate. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, it's been awesome. I guess it was before the grand final we spoke last, and it was yeah, we were hoping to achieve what we did in in uh, in all the grades. So it was really exciting for the club and. Post that, yeah, state pennant finals and uh, a lot of guys in Champions Week in Bendigo and it was really successful for the club and, yeah, well, the, the season sort of didn't really end for us. A lot of players went to the Oz Open and it just, yeah, just the season's probably come around pretty quick now, so. And now you'd be keen just to get out back out there and have a bowl, obviously, given the um, the weather events of the past couple of weeks. There's been a delayed start to the season, but I'm sure everyone out at Tally's champing at the bit, particularly with... The, um, the Division Three Premiership side moving up to the Division Two, and and the fives moving up to the fours. So those gaps have sort of um, decreased between the grades, and they'll be looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, they've levelled up a lot more, and there's not more, not as much of a drop between the divisions if you're in uh, yeah, one, two, or four now. So it's really good. The guys are excited. We just need the weather gods to be nice to us, and we can get some sun on the greens, and hopefully they can dry out in time for a game this weekend. But time will tell. A, a unique achievement, Mark. Uh, you've now tasted success. Four premierships in the top division at uh, Nathalia, Marupna, Shep Park, and now Tallygarupna. And golf. And golf. Yeah. And golf. Uh, yeah, no, it's been a good little era. Uh, <laughs> pretty happy to have got the last one at Tallygarupna. Um, notched up the 10th, so that was exciting. Um, yeah, so it was a good feeling to do that and... Their first premiership as well. Most of the, the, those clubs, Nathalia definitely was theirs. Shep Golf, part of their first. And um, certainly at Marupna, their only Division One premiership in Shep Park was the same since they emerged. It was the first win for the club. So, yeah, it's just been nice to be a part of those first for those clubs. And hopefully we can continue that with Tallygarupna and stay strong for a long years. A great victory over your nemesis, the mean machine, as I call them, Shep Golf. Who are going for seven on the trot, which is a remarkable performance in itself, Mark. Oh, absolutely. They're a powerhouse club and they still are, and they don't look like getting any worse. Um, yeah, the recruits that they have and that sort of thing. So we're sort of, we'll be putting them back on top for the favouritism to win the flag, I'd say, them and Kyabram. Yep. Um, and we're just looking to replicate last year by playing good, consistent bowls, and, you know, the confidence has grown within our club that we can compete with these these guys now and we're not fearing them as much as they used to in the past. Yeah, take us into the mindset, obviously, after you win a premiership in, in any sport, really, you become the hunted, I guess, and um, instead of being the hunter like you were going into last season, um, obviously, sort of, you've been forced to have a new look with the side with losing Liam Crapper and, and Matt Robinson, who were two really key parts of that premiership team. So... Um, Obviously, you can't sort of um, just assume that you know you, you can do the same thing and, and it's going to happen again. So, where's the improvement going to come from from Tally this year to try and stay ahead of that chasing pack now that you're the hunted? Yeah, I guess that always happens when you win a premiership, like football, and then teams change over the summer and mm. come back the next year with a new list. And no one ever has the same 22 in football, and nor does not many in bowls either have the same 16. Yep, uh, in each premiership, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll be looking at growth within our guys in the Division 2. Yep. Um, there's obviously guys in Division 1 last year that can go, go up a grade, look up to third or skip. Yep. And they're going to get opportunities at that, and I won't shy away from giving them a go. Yep. I'm not going to be putting the most experienced player in a certain role. Like most people would do, I'm going to look to give you know some new guys, maybe three, four-year players, yep. a go at skipping and playing third and, and just try and develop them as quick as we can because I know there's a lot of 
ability within them players. Yeah. But, yeah, we're at the point where we need to keep developing them and help them get better and then we'll fast track to keep on top of that list. So who are a couple of names that maybe for those who may not know a lot about what's coming through at Tally? David Turkovic's one that I've heard a fair bit about. Um, Guy Madigan in recent years has been in Division 1, might push up. Who are some of the guys that... Um, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there with Guy Madigan. Like he's had a really good sort of winter as well. Like he qualified for the Australian Indoor yeah. and um, beat Ben Winther from who's a skip in um, Premier League in yeah. Melbourne. So he's got a lot of upside. He's only been playing three years. Hasn't um, missed a game in Division One really, um, so he'll probably get opportunities up the list. Third potential skip. Yep. Um, same with Turkovic. He's you know played some really good bowls in the lower grades, and he's itching to get up there. Yep. He trains harder than anyone I've ever seen. Yep. So he'll get opportunities in Division One, whether yep. it be at the start or throughout the season. Um, and then you have got Brandon Baldwin, and you still got Rod Steele, who's getting better. And, yep. Um, Daniel Brophy. Yeah. There's a lot of mid-30s to 40s sort of players. Yep. Um, there's a lot of growth within them, guys. Yeah. And um, obviously you have recruited a couple as well um, to bring into the mix. Jeff Franz, who hasn't played for the last couple of years. Um, wh- where do you sort of see him sitting in? He's obviously a lot of experience as opposed to some of those guys you just mentioned who will get opportunities as well. So that's an- another um, added dimension. Yeah, it's good. Great to have Franzi around the club. Um, he's he's a really good guy and he helps a lot of people. And some, we've got some new guys that have just started. He's already helped with coaching them guys at training. Yep. He's just a natural sort of leader. Um, he could play third and sort of mentor a new skipper or he could skip himself and yep. educate a third. So, yeah, we're, we're really welcoming uh, Franzi and also Shane McIntosh yep. who's joined us um, d- depending on what amount of bowls he will play this year, but he's a good addition to the club. And uh, Gunther is a recent addition. So Okay. He's not moving to Geelong, is he? No, I think that's been put on uh, okay. from what I heard. But yeah, there on you go. the back burner, he'll be a good addition. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, you've had a disrupted start to the season uh, more than most clubs. As your greens pre-season were not conducive for practice. Yeah, it's been a tough one. Uh, we've made the decision to put some sand on it, try and level up a few areas and... Obviously, the wet winter didn't help. Coming into spring, haven't seen sun, cold, you know, haven't had many days over 20 degrees, so it hasn't helped the growth of the grass. We're a little bit behind the eight ball, and now it's really wet. So, yeah, I'm just hoping that the sun comes out soon and we can fire off a bit of growth and harden up the surface. I know my backyard's soggy as, so, mm-hmm. you know, bowls greens are no different. Yeah, it's not hard when assessing the key contenders for the flag this year in Division 1. With Shep Golf, Kai and your club Telly, you touched on it before, Mark. They're the outstanding teams. Uh, and Oliver Park or Tad Hilltop making a fourth spot. I think there'll be three clubs that'll really struggle, and that'll be Stanhope, newly promoted Marupna and East. Will no doubt be the cellar dwellers this season. Yeah, that, that's a question. Um, is, there, yeah. is there a question in there, Brian? <laughs> good, yes. good statement. Probably close to yeah, what I agree with too there. But, yeah, good luck to Marupna this season after winning the twos. It's great effort. I hope mm. they've gone through the tough times last week and weekend and a lot mm. of their members are you know, thinking of them guys um, that have had water go through their, through their house and I just yeah, find it hard to think we'll be playing bowls this weekend when they're still trying to mop up flood water, so... Yeah, well, apparently Darren Kelly's uh, living at the Marupna Golf Club. Yep. Yeah, it's not uh, ideal Golf for Club, at the bowling club, I should say, or rephrase that. He's um, taken up residence here. He still had he had two foot of water through his house, and he wasn't Robinson Crusoe over there. So, yeah, Darren, um, 
They took a while, about six days, to pump the water out, so... Yeah, we're thinking of anyone from the Maroopna Golf, all the Maroopna Bowls clubs, and, yeah, like Mark touched on it, um, I, I know that they're hoping to get the season underway this weekend, Brian, but it, um, logistically it sort of seems a bit um, unlikely to me, given that, you know, there's still people in Maroopna that are doing it tough, and even um, just sort of clubs that the Greens went underwater in terms of their preparation and things like that. Do you think it can go ahead, or...? Right. Um, I think it will go ahead, providing we don't get any more rain. But <laughs> we get another half an inch like we had just in the last half hour. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they call it off because you won't be able to get on the greens to prepare them. Yeah, well, just even uh, mowing, rolling, you won't really want any traffic at all on them while they're still sort of soggy. And um, obviously um, there was pictures of Euroa's clubhouse and, um, you know, it's had the carpet and that sort of thing ripped up. So in terms of accommodating, you know, a couple of pennant sides for afternoon tea and things like that, that would sort of be out of the question as well. So I think we sort of have to be a little bit sensitive to different people's and clubs' situations at the moment. And, Certainly. you know, the, 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 there's no rush really at the end of the day. I think it's, it is kind of a secondary issue as, as much as we are keen to get out there and, and sort of maybe take our minds off what's happened. There are a lot of people out there doing it tough. Well, one of your club mates had a good suggestion, but it'd be too hard to uh, implement. Paul Beecroft, mm-hmm. you're a director of the, the men's bowls here. Yep. He, he said we've got two, uh, two synthetic greens and we could play... Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and we get a lot of games through, through. Ac- across all grades, or yeah, across all grades. Yeah, I mean that's that's an option as well, and obviously Shepparton's got their undercover green, but um, you know whether you know whether clubs would be able to make those arrangements and travel on those particular times remains to be seen as well. So I mean it's it's good that there's ideas and suggestions out there. We'll just sort of. Wait and see. Hopefully we, we'll get to Saturday and see what it's looking like. Yeah, well, logistically, I just don't think – I think it'd be too hard to um, put into practice. Yeah. But it is a good idea. It's worth considering. Yep. Um, Mark, are you participating in the Vic Open if it uh, goes ahead? We're still waiting on um, clubs that are available uh, to host it. I mean, Seymour's out. Been um, It's on the website today. And uh, Yaroa – won't be able to access their club room, so that that's going to make it difficult uh, to host a Vic Open. But I suppose they'll be able to they'll be able to, their greens will be okay, and they'll just have to arrange for the players to have lunch and that um, outside on the veranda there. Yeah, so yeah, no, yeah, I'll be playing in Braun. Yeah, looking forward to it. How last. many disciplines, Mark? Uh, playing in all actually. So. Yeah, it'll be the last one in Shep, so it's a bit of an end of a great era. Like, I remember when the first the concept was first floated um, after the Oz uh, Open was here uh, a couple of times. Um, yeah, it was exciting for that event to start up. Uh, if it didn't get started up by the locals here in the Golden Valley, then it probably wouldn't be going to Gippsland next year because it wouldn't have happened. So yep. hats off to the Golden Valley and um, the council who put in money over the years. It's been awesome. I've been a part of it, won a couple of things there, and it, and it means a lot still. Um, so I'll have yeah one more go at it and, and maybe see where I'm at next year if I'm looking to go yeah. for a long drive down south. Yeah, and while we're on that, one of your old mates was uh, instrumental yes. in getting that the going. Dave Hardy. The great, and uh, yeah, the part of Dave Hardy, who um, we're really missing at this stage. I know Tyler and I are because he used to ring us up every week <laughs> and... Uh, 
you know, he was just a wealth of knowledge and a really, a really fine exponent. I reckon he got better as he got older, Mark. You'd no, he's agree fantastic. With that. I played him last season and he's a great friend and, yeah, he's really missed. Um, what, yeah. do you, what do you remember about him when you arrived at Park? Obviously, you would have played against him and I think from memory in the first Park Premiership, he wasn't in your rink, but then pretty much from then on. Yep. So what um, what sort of shifted? The, like, how did you get him in your rink or how did that eventuate? Yeah, why was, did you want him in? I was picking the sides, so that <laughs> helped. Um, yeah, but Dave had a lot of ability and everyone knew that he was a great leader. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I could get the best out of him because, he, you know, he sort of needed the blinkers on a little yep. bit. He, you know, he'd be off talking and telling stories about this and that. And it was great fun, but... I'd often have to sell, tell Dave, you know, it's your turn to bowl, mate, because he'd be three rinks away. Yeah. But so I was trying to keep him in check a bit more, and and then uh, yeah, give him the blinkers, and then he he just turned it on. His backhand with those tight bowls were amazing. Um, he could just play backhand around the clock and be nailing the jack. And he even did that this year when I played him and Dennis. He was playing third, yeah, and he played unbelievable. So, do you generally like your leaders bowling around the clock, or did you make an exception for him because he was that? Comfortable with, yeah, with, him, with his bowls, or yeah, it doesn't worry me too much if you're really strong on one hand, it, you can adjust to the line. Yeah, um, and he was that good, it didn't matter, he could bowl them tight yep. both, both sides of the <laughs> rink, depending on it, didn't matter whether the wind was blowing or not, he was still getting away with it. Yeah, and um, yeah, Ryan Collins was a similar sort of player, he was really good on the back end around the clock. Yep, yeah. Um, obviously, last year you had another great honour as well with your induction into the Golden Valley Bowls Hall of Fame, which was um, Brian and, and Dave's um, big project that they put together. Um, how What was that night like? And obviously going in alongside Bev Kale, Stacey Collar and Matt Robertson, who, you know, three other bowlers who were still very pr- prominent in the in the region with their bowls. Oh, it was a massive honour. Yeah, I couldn't be more grateful to receive the award and um, yeah, thanks to Brian and Dave and... Um, the, the committee there that put that together and, and started it off a few years back. It was really, really good initiative and I'm just wrapped to be a part of it. Um, yeah, something I appreciate and yeah, really love the, the fact that I'm a part of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well deserved, Thanks. mate. There's no doubt about that. And you finally got your trophy today after they <laughs> collected last season. He's only waited the six months to get it, but it's better late wait, than never. Robbo still hasn't got his, mate, so I might have to mail it to Bendigo. Trip to yeah. Bendigo. Yeah. yeah. Should there be more Friday night games, Mark, to promote bowls? And yes. you think we should have double headers, say Friday night and Sunday or even Friday night and Saturday? Oh, I think given the situation we're in now, you could easily adapt to the Saturday-Sunday sort of situation, um, have some double headers or Friday night and a Saturday Arvo, mm-hmm. um, and you could easily catch up the season that way. Um, I don't see why you couldn't, but probably needs to be put in place pre the season mm. we could look forward into the in the next season that we could do that but friday night games are unreal great for other players to come and have a look at the top side mm. other clubs to come and see opposing clubs bar turnover i think we had a thousand dollars over the bar not last year the year before um so yeah there's a great there's a huge amount of benefit for it mm. and it's hard to yeah, get all clubs on board but i certainly got one with east shepherd in, in two weeks time so we look forward to that and being a family man as well, it frees up your weekends if you play on a Friday night to, to do all that sort of stuff for a lot of players as well. Yeah, that's an, another oh, a little bit of a bonus as well. Like you've got that Saturday, you can go and watch your other divisions and see your up-and-coming players or mm-hmm. you know support each other a bit more. 
um, and it just creates a good vibe in the in the Golden Valley with bowls. I think you know, get people off the couch on a Friday night, mm-hmm. get out and have a look at the bowls, have a barbie and a couple of beers or whatever. It's yep. what I found interesting about the um, the announcement this week that we try and play Saturday Pennant this week that um, it was made very clear that there was a directive to to do whatever you could to play in terms of play Friday night, start mm-hmm. early, play Sunday. But f- for my point of view, that that needs to be. Every week, you you need to be trying to do what you can every week to bring in um, interest, uh, money over the bar, barbecue, all that sort of stuff. And it probably needs, like you said, it needs to be set in stone at the start of the season. But uh, you know, some of the the spitball ideas of, of how cricket's going to manage this summer with with mm. a lot of the grounds off mm. and, and all that sort of stuff is you know playing T Twenty double headers on it on a Saturday and Sunday or, or stuff like that. And I think. A big barrier for mine personally is is the twenty five ends. Um, yep. what, what's your thought? You know, obviously, down Metro Way, there's um, you know, a lot of a lot of competitions are now twenty one straight through. If if we did do something like that up here, do you, do you think it'd open up that that ability to be a bit more flexible? Oh, you'd be able to get the game done quicker, obviously, and no no break in between and that sort of thing. So you'd be three three and a half hours. Yeah, could potentially be off. Um, so if you're starting at six and or whatever it is, six thirty over by ten, yeah, ten thirty at the latest, and I think you could, you could get those two games in on a weekend because they are quite late finishes. You know, look, um, I've been to a couple of the Friday night games in the last couple of seasons, and you know, with that break in between, it does sort of prolong it a little bit, and particularly if it's tight at the end, and that can slow the game down. So it can be ten ten thirty that you're walking off, or yep. and then yeah, yeah. and well, then you, and then you're probably tired or less likely to stay and have a couple of drinks. You know, you just want to go home and exactly. Well, Richmond Union last Friday night played on the Goals Victoria yeah. match and it finished at midnight. Well, because they had a lightning delay. Yeah, two lightning Melbourne. delays yeah. and the, the rule's half an hour. I didn't know what the rule was and if the head's not um, resumed after 15 minutes, you've got to replay that, that, end. that yep. end. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very <laughs> interesting but... I'm surprised they were able to go on, given that um, the the races at Mooney Valley, the Manicato was yeah, well, off, and um, they had you know about a half an hour, an hour or something. Well, like yeah, that. I went to bed after they had to play sixty ends, and I thought mm. they might squeeze it in, but I gave it away after the second lightning strike and blow me down. They finished. I look up the scores and they finished. Yeah, yep. They played it out. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think it's got a lot of merit. The twenty-one straight through, particularly if you're wanting to sort of open up the options of when to play games, and um, most comps have gone that way. So I think we're probably the last one to maybe fall in line a little bit with that. And Mark, just three rinks or four. Are you happy with the current format? Or see, the Murray's gone to three, and it was passed apparently. But oh, the, the opinions I got from most of the players, they preferred it to be still four rinks. Yeah, I'm still a hundred percent four rinker. I yep. love the you know, the teams being larger than smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a lot better indication of your side how it's going. If you have got more players out there, it's a little bit you know harder to be as strong. So I think it's it's good for the competition to have sixteen in there. Um, I'd hate to see it go to, th- to three rinks. You've got so much less margin for error at three rinks. That's right. As well, like, you know, you can. Um, you could probably have a few blokes have a bad day uh, and still have a convincing win in, in most 16-a-side matches, but um, as soon as you've got one rink off in a, in a three-rinker... Mm, that's right, one rink off. loses by 20 and yeah. you're not covering that on two rinks very rarely. I certainly think it's all good in the, the lower divisions where, where you're focusing more on getting teams out there and, and mm. getting more players involved, and, and you would have... Um, had that, uh, you, you know, with the midweek side getting up this this season as well, that it's good to get as, as many out there as you can and, and that's another avenue to get them out there and 
practice and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly agree that uh, the more the merrier at the top division, and um, yeah, it's harder to to put together, a, I suppose, a, a, an invincible side. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you just touched on a tile that the midweek team that Tally Group has put into Division Two, and we're a bit stiff that we didn't. Uh, we was due to play them out of East Ship uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't eventuate. But I think that's. That'll be good uh, pennant practice. That'll be better than pennant practice, Mark, really. Oh, it'll be fantastic. It? Yeah, no, it is, yeah. and the guys are really enjoying it. Um, that, that, that don't normally play sort of midweek bowls. There's a few that have put their hand up to, you know, a couple of guys that are just recently retired or yep. um, we don't have over 60s anymore, so we've just opened that up for the club members and, you know, we might get a few more that want to fill in or play too, so... It's really, really good that they can get that opportunity. I know that there's a few been pushing for it for a year or two, so, yeah, it's and, great. And for the life of me, I don't know why we're not playing Melbourne Cup Day after it'll be a month between mm. games. I mean, last year they played Melbourne Cup Day and all of a sudden this year it's... Uh, the uh, social calendar is too full apparently, Brian, uh, according to the Post. Too many people have got to get their trifectas and quaddies and things on, Brian. Oh, well, <laughs> we wouldn't have a side next Tuesday, I don't reckon. <laughs> no, no, well, that's fair enough, but I, no, that's... Uh, well, you don't have to worry about it now. I think while Mark's still here, he's got to get the selection at Tally, and yep. we appreciate him giving up his time. Uh, we'll uh, preview, preview Division 1, and we'll yep. start off with... Shep Park hosting Marupna, Mark. What do you? Who do you think will win that? Oh, given the you know the events in Marupna lately, I'd, I'd say it's going to be hard for them to have been on the green with the, the amount of people off and out of their homes and stuff. So I'd think Shep Park undercover. I don't know if they mm, likely think, think they would have been practicing there for a while, and uh, m- most of the people in Marupna have just been trying to you know stay out of water. So unfortunately, yeah. I think Park will win that one. And just on the carpet... For Marupna's sake, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I went over to Marupna about three times this year, Wednesday Social, and I really enjoyed it. And their new carpet, I hadn't played on the replacement carpet out the back, but it ran about 17, 18 seconds. Yep. It was cool weather, obviously, but I was in, their carpet bowled pretty well. I was I was impressed. Yeah, look, um, hopefully... You know, um, all the Marupna sides across their grades can, you know, if we do go ahead on Saturday, can get out there and um, maybe take their mind a little bit off things. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we're looking forward to seeing them. Hopefully they can come over on Saturday and, and have a game. And, you know, they'll, they'll be, you know, they would have been really excited leading up into the season back in Division 1. And obviously things, um, you know, things have gone um, a bit awry with the weather and things like that. So it's not a, hasn't been a positive start for the community in the season. So hopefully they can just get out there and, and put their best foot forward. Yeah, I'm going to predict Park 16-2 at home. Yeah, I'd I'd be hoping Park can can get off on a winning note as well. Yeah, what yep. do you think, Mark? Park for me as well. Yeah, Park. Mate. Yeah. Yep, yep. Tad Hilltop hosts Dee Shepparton, and Tad Hilltop uh, lost all the cart rights, which is a big loss. But when you look at their sides, uh, they've still got the Boyds and uh, Peter Lasser, Peter Lasser, Jason Carter, Justin Spedding. Yep, Johnny Atwood. Yeah, Johnny Atwood and his. Uh, <laughs> His grandson. Ash McDonald's back this year. Return, yeah, yes. so he'll be a handy pickup. He showed a lot of potential uh, in you know two or three seasons ago and he hasn't played since. But um obviously, you know, he was a really promising leader, so it'll be interesting to see him back in the mix as well. And East have only got four players out of their last season, last home and home match remaining. For I mean, just to give you an illustration, yep. uh, they've lost ten players, so you, they'll 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 possibly win a rink, but I'll 
couldn't see him getting um, near Tad Hilltop at home. No, nah, look, I think if um, you know Tad Hilltop are hoping to push up for a top four spot like last year again, they'd be looking to start really strongly on the on the weekend, and I think that they might sweep East Ship. Yep, I would agree with that one. Yep, the Bulldogs for me as well. Uh, might be a bit tighter than expected, though, I think. Yeah, look, people are getting the opportunity to go up, and I, I, the old adage is the higher the higher standard bowls you play, you improve. I, I go along with that. Yeah, you, you try and sort of lift to that level, and um, you know, hopefully they, they you know they're competitive at times this year, but um, obviously it's going to be a totally different mix for them. So um, it might take a while for things to sort of settle down. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Shep Golf host Stanhope at home and with the addition of Alan Dove and Brett Gunning. John Gribble. Johnny Gribble. It'd be hard, and Matty O'Connor, it'd be hard to see um, Stanhope even pinching a rink. I think golf, clean sweep there too. Yeah, look, um, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see sort of what combinations golf go with, given who they've brought in. Um, you know, Alan Dove's got a lot of Premier League experience at Yarraville Footscray. Brett Gunning's um, won, won premierships at Chep Golf as well. Um, John Gribble coming back after a year at East Shepparton. So, um, you know, they're, they're clearly looking the benchmark to me. Um, and... You know how they how they make those combinations work. That'll um, that'll be the question under new coach Brett Foley. So um, I think uh, this will be a good opportunity for them to sort of try those new combinations, and I think they'll be far too strong for Stanhope. Have to agree with that one. Mm-hmm. And the final game is Kai versus Telly, two of the uh, real contenders for the flag this year. Match of the round. Oh, definitely, and it's over at Kai, and. I lean towards Kai because Tally haven't had the practice facilities. Kai have been playing. They played a practice match over there amongst themselves after um, the rain. The rain predicted they cancelled their inter their um, interstate interstate practice match against Moama or someone or Rich River. So they have had a bit of practice. Um, I don't think their, their greens were pretty safe over there. So I think Kai. 14-4 in a close one at home. Again, I think, um, yeah, Kai's a bit of a wild card given how many players they've brought in, the likes of Jeff Beattie and Brent Rayner and um, Connor Truon as the bowls coordinator and the Cartwrights as well. Um, and we spoke to Glenn Fields the last show we did and um, he mentioned that um, Jeff Beattie might not skip the first couple of games because he had a couple of things on, but <clears throat> those couple of weeks have elapsed now, so that could change again if you know now that he might be back available given we haven't played the first two rounds, Brian. Well, I did get the side from Glenn. Um, he finally um, got it to me on Monday, I think it was, the yep. selected side, and uh, their Division 2 looks pretty strong <laughs> with Rob Sini and Toot Redrock playing the twos. Darren Boswood and his two boys, Charlie and... Uh, Henry are in. Yep. Uh, and they've got David Towns in from um, Hay. Well, yeah, from Formerly Hilltop. Stan Hope and Hilltop. He's he's in the side. Yep. And, of course, Beattie and Reiner. I reckon they'll be skipping. And Greg Schilling's third to David Cartwright and... Beatty will play, uh, Fields will play third to Beatty. Okay. And um, looking at you guys, um, I know Mitch Sidebottom will be unavailable. He's at um, his cousin, Steel Sidebottom's wedding on the weekend. So congratulations to Steel. All the best yeah. for your big day. But you won't have the big fella there on the weekend if you do play. Yeah, no, we won't have the big moo man. But, um, yeah, we've certainly got others that can step up. Joe Lear is probably one of them. And, um, you know, even Scott Adams is, yeah, we'll throw that round the table tonight. 
Um, but yeah, Franzi, of course, as Franzi, well as in the mix. Franzi, of course, and you, you know, Dawsey and myself. Yeah, we'll, we'll put together a side that's not too bad. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, there's there's something to be said for that stability over, um, you know, especially a new side coming into it in, in terms of Kai. You really have to treat him like a new side um, in terms of the, you know, they've basically got a new top eight. Um, so I, I think it'll be um, you know a really close game. I probably still tip towards Kai probably because of that that lack of match fitness I mm. would say. But um, I think it'll be a ripper uh, out there on Saturday if we get out. Yeah, no, it should be a good game. And like you said, they're a new side, so you, you go in there playing it totally different Kyabram and that's still got to work. So they've got to find their balance, mm. and it doesn't always come as easy as you think. Yeah. Um, same with Shep Golf. You can have a real good team, but. Finding the right combinations doesn't always happen on the first week or two, so I'm sure they'll find them. But yeah, hopefully it's for a few, not for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, well let's let's hope it goes ahead. And um, if you want to see a good game of bowls and you you can't play yourself, that'd be the game to go to. And uh, I'd just like to take this opportunity of wishing a, um, an old teammate of mine, Jeff France. So I did lead for him a, a few years back, and uh, he's he's the best bowler I've seen at East Shepparton, and. He's just a champion player and bloke, and uh, I'm sure he'll settle in well. I wish him and Shane and Gunn for all the best out at uh, Telly this season. Um, Mark, your premiership rink in the in the 16, um, the four, sorry, you had with you, is that likely to stay the same? or? Uh, it's a fair chance, yeah. Yep. yep. So Kyle Pugh. Yep. Yeah, Kyle probably most definitely third to me, I'd say. Yeah, and did you have Brian Hogg? Hoggy, yep, yep. And, and Scott Adams leading. Yep. So that, we mightn't have that luxury of Scotty leading. Cause yep. Um, there's a few sh- shoes to fill up in the top or end of the rinks. So, yep. yeah, I can look to bleed or blood a- another player from the twos potentially and, yep. yeah, try and turn them into something special over the course of the season. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks very much for, for joining thanks us. Thanks for having Mark. us, guys. Reckon, All the best uh, for the season, bowlers. Thanks for that. Time yeah, for you thanks, to get out Mark. to the selection. But uh, we appreciate you uh, giving up your time and uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time we chat to you throughout the year. Nah, thanks, guys. Enjoyed it. Cheers. You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. And welcome back to After The Jack. Uh, again, thanks very much for Mark Ryan for giving up his time and joining us on the show. I've, had, I've just uh, had a bit of a scour around and uh, some word from some of the Greens. Tatura and Hilltop's Greens are, are both in excellent running form. Uh, they're uh, obviously just hoping for a bit more sun to, to increase uh, you know, how good they're looking. But um, the, the other one that I wanted to make mention of was that there uh, must have been a fair bit of hard work from the Uroa volunteers down at uh, at the Bowls Club because they were playing social bowls within two days of uh, foot of water being in the club room. So, uh, A, the Greens must have drained really quickly and, and, B, they must have put in a lot of hard work. Yeah, it's amazing sort of the, the manpower and the volunteers that, you know, the Bowls Clubs in particular have. And, 
you know, um, we don't like missing out on a game, do we, Brian? So generally no. when these sorts of things happen, um, you know, everyone pulls together and does what they can to try and particularly get the greens up and running and, um, and make the best of, you know, a pretty awful situation. No, you'd have to uh, commend your role on their members and how they've rallied to. And um, the good news is that their premises are owned by the council and apparently the insurance does cover floor coverings and anything that was within the policy. That So they're, yeah. they're in a better position than some. I don't know, Seymour's lost their green. I don't know whether the that'd be covered. Green. Yeah, because they're, they're about 80000 to get mm. a new green. So, I yeah. mean, it's left them... Um, they can't, as I said, they can't host a Victorian Open. That'd be disappointing and a chance for the club to make a bit of money as well. Yeah, so. look, and, you know, look, um, obviously, you know, um, different clubs are in different situations in terms of their insurance policies and who owns it and can, whether it's a council-owned building. And, you know, obviously, Uroa has the river that sort of goes close to that that particular area, whereas Seymour's kind of in the middle of town, Um so yeah, um, hopefully you know, and I guess that probably the the big thing is you know with recovery and doesn't matter whether it's houses or bowls clubs or whatever the facility is that needs insurance, um, you know, an insurance claim. There's going to be a big backlog, so you know it's, it could take months, years for everyone to sort of get back on their feet with what they need, just because they're going to be so busy with 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 doing claims and things like that. So yeah, that's for sure. It's going to be a long process. We'll just get on and preview weekend round three yep. of weekend pennant, even though we haven't had the only ones who started at um, Division 5. Yep. They started a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah. They're playing round five this. Uh, and I'll just – there is a Friday night game, East Shepherd and are hosting Dookies, which is a good promotion. In what grade two? The fives. Yes. Yep. Easter night from the ladder and Dookie are in sixth position. Yep. That'll be starting at uh, around about 6 o'clock, 6.30 at East on Friday night. Are you backing East to get the chocolates done under the Friday no, night lights? No, I think Dookie might have be a bit too strong. All right. Well, do you want me to start with Division 7? Yeah, we'll kick off with the 7. All right. So we've got Alexandra hosting Rushworth. Um, so this will be the first game of the year, hopefully. Um, Eildon hosting Seymour. Hopefully Seymour... Um, can can get a good side out on the park there, and Avenal uh, are playing at home against Violet Town. In yeah, my, my selections: Alex Eildon and Avenal. Yep, uh, that sounds pretty good to me. I think the home teams will be too strong there. Division six, we have this will be round three, three as well. Uh, Shepherd and Golf travelling over to Stanhope. I think um, Stanhope will be too strong there at home. Um, Brian. I'll go for golf. You'll go for golf. Yep. Um, Marutna, now they're listed to have a home game against Shepparton Park, so that remains to be seen what will be organised with that. Um, Dookie are at home against Kyabram, and Yay travelling to meet Yaroa, which, um, again, yep. that will remain to be seen as well. Yeah, well, I'll go for Park, Kai and Yay. Yeah, look, I think Park will be too strong. Um, I think Dookie might get the job done at home there against Kyabram. And uh, I'll go for Yay as well, the roadside in the Division 6 competition. Division 5, as we said, up to round 5. Alexandra versus Marutna Golf uh, at Alexandra. I'll yeah. go for Alexandra at home. Alex for me. Murchison hosting Merrigan. Uh, I haven't heard how the Merch Bowls Club went. No, I think they were fairly 
um, in undated, so that'll remain to be seen with that one. Um, yeah, their tenth on the ladder, but they didn't go down to Weald in the play. And uh, Merrigan are fourth, so they're going pretty well. So yep. it's Merrigan for me. Yes, Merrigan too strong. Uh, Ilden versus Seymour VRI. I believe Seymour VRI's greens were unaffected, or at least um, or okay, but well, uh, this is at Eildon. Well, well, that's next to the railway station, isn't it, their green? So it's quite yeah, elevated. It um, is, yeah. Eildon for me at home. Eildon fifth, uh, Seymour VRI eighth. I'm going for Eildon. East Shepparton v Dookie. Well, I've already said Dookie. I think Dookie, that'll be a good game, but Dookie, um, even on the carpet, I think might... A bit too strong. I'll back your mob in, Brian, under the on the big stage. And uh, Tatura Hilltop versus Colburn Abbott. Yes, yeah, seventh Tatura Hilltop versus Colbo a second. Colbo will be too strong. Yeah, look, um, the likes of uh, Chandler and R- Ramon Rathjen, I think they'll be too strong for um, for Tat Hilltop. Division four, Brian. Um, Seymour hosting Yaroa. Um, uh, unsure what the status of this one will be. It's listed at Seymour, but um, we'll see how that one goes. We might uh, leave a prediction out for that one. Um, Shepparton Park hosting East Shepparton. So Crosstown Rivals, Brian, how do you think? Oh, Park. Park will be too strong, you think? Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting if um, if Park sort of can't get on their grass greens, um, who plays undercover and that sort of thing. Tally Garupna hosting Tatura Hilltop, so Tally up from Division 5 to 4. Um, it's listed at Tally Garupna, but uh, it'll be interesting to see whether they can get on, Brian. Yeah, I think Tally. Tally should be too strong as well, I think. Seymour VRI hosting Kyabram. You're quite bullish about Kyabram across all grades, given the depth they've got. Do you think they can go to VRI and win in Division yeah, 4? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they've got... Well, they've... They've got about eight players coming down from Division 1 right through to grades. And it filters through, and yeah. And Darren Boswood's back and there's a few others uh, have come back as well. And they and they picked up the cart, well, the Cartwrights and David Townsend. So. And Truan, yep. And Truan and um, Connor Truan. I'm going to go for VRI at home first up. No, I'll go for Kai. Division 3, uh, we've got Rushworth playing host to Shepparton Park. I'm pretty sure Rushworth's green might have been a... I've got oh, no, uh, Rushworth Avenal. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the wrong round. No, that's all right. Rushworth Avenal at yep. home. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think Rushworth's green may have been affected um, in in the floods. Uh, they've got their carpet green there, yeah. um, and they've also got the grass green on top. So not sure the status. I think I think I'll be on the carpet, and uh, I'm going for Rushy. They've also no longer got a uh, home phone at the club. So if you're looking for them, make sure you check their Facebook page because uh, they've got a mobile now as the club phone. Okay, saw so, that during the week. Good yeah. point. Big Get, news. A lot of people getting rid of landlines these days. Stanhope at home against Shepherd and Golf, Brian. Uh, Shep Golf for me, I think, in this one. Yeah, Shep Golf's going to be a strong side in Division 3. It must be a, a, a Golf Stanhope sort of round because they're playing each other yeah. in Division 1 as well and, yep. and the other grade, I think. Brad Robinson did say it was the first time, hopefully if they get on, that he would actually face his former club, Stanhope, because I think they got washed out or heated out yeah. last summer as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Marupna at, uh, listed to play at home against Nagambi, Brian. Uh, how do you think one your former mob uh, will go in Division 3 this year? Yeah, I'll, I'll, they'll be competitive, but I think Marupna are on their carpet at home. Um, this will be this could be the match of the round. Yeah, yeah. It'll be close. I'll go for the home side. Yeah, I'll go for Marupna as well. And... 
Shepparton Park hosting Seymour. Look, uh, Seymour looking for revenge after last year, getting all the way to the grand final and then falling short against Tally Garupner. I think they'll be far too strong for Shep Park. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Division two, uh, Shepparton and Golf hosting Tatura Hilltop. Uh, you'd have to say that golf will be too strong there. Yeah, golf. Yeah, I think they'll be uh, very strong in Division one and two again. Shepparton Park hosting Marupna Golf. Yeah, look, this is an interesting one because Marupna Golf's been a bit of a bogey side for Shep Park in Division 2. Um, they, they they upset them last year at Shepparton Park and I think they beat them again at their place. So um, Shep Park won't want to take them too lightly, but I think that they might just get the job done. Yeah, well, the Marupna Golf have lost uh, Jan Doherty, Elsie Gale and Jumbo. Alan Emmett isn't playing. Pennant, Saturday Pennant. So what's happened to Doherty and Gale? They're going to be Shepparton. Okay, yeah. yep. So it's Park for me. Yep. Uh, Tally Groupner, Kyabram, obviously listed as Tally, but uh, unsure about that. Huge yeah. amount of interest in this game for me, given that um, Tally's coming up from Division 3 to 2, and we know that Kyabram's Division 2 is going to be incredibly strong, given the depth that they've picked up in Division 1. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Tally copes with the jump up in Division. They've still got a lot of players in that second side for them that... Um, have a lot of Division One experience, the likes of Trevor Serafini and Tony Rendina and um, those sorts of players. So, um, Lindsay Muston. So, I, I think they can make the jump up, but I think Kybram will be too strong for them in the first game. So I, do I. I didn't count how many Kai sides are scheduled at home, but, uh, I mean, it's this weekend, if, if they're trying to get games on, mm. probably should just take all the tally Division one and two bowlers across to Kai and, yeah. and play it all on the one green. Exactly it? right. Yeah, well, I that's think that quite, be that's quite on the cards. I think Tyler. Yeah, and uh, Euroa East Shepparton. Obviously, Euroa's uh, greens are fine, but uh, there'll be no. Uh, inside afternoon tea facilities, you'd imagine? Yeah, look, um, Euroa, this is obviously they've been relegated from Division 1 to 2, so this is their top side playing an East Shepparton side who's you know pretty bereft of depth, as we've touched on. Um, Euroa would be looking to put their best foot forward in Division 2 this year, and I think that's probably, you know, I don't, don't know of anyone. I think Doug McConaughey they've picked up. Um, but, you know, Ken Sutcliffe, um, Andy Houston, um, yeah, well, Andy, Shane, Sh- Shane Drysdale, um, you know, they're going to be a really good, solid Division 2 yeah. outfit, I think. Andy Houston will be missing for a while for um, personal reasons. Yep. And uh, I hope they get sorted out and he's back playing because he's a he was their leading skipper last year and he had a really good season. Yeah, look, and um, they played Shep Park in a practice game or be about two or three weeks ago now and um, were far too strong for Shep Park. So that sort of says to me that, um, you know, it's their top side and they're going to be really competitive throughout the year given, you know, they've been able to maintain a lot of the guys who were in playing in Division 1 last year. Yeah, I think if we can pick up a rink, we'll be going well down there. Yeah, yeah, so I think you're all far too strong. And we've already touched on the Alan Matheson Shield, so... Um, and with, no, with no midweek on Cup Day, uh, I reckon that just about wraps it up. Yeah, look, um, just want to say once more, you know, we are thinking of all those people doing it tough at the moment, and hopefully, you know, um, it'd be nice to get a game of bowls on the weekend, but... It's not the most important thing at the moment, and, and um, you know we are, you know, um, you know, hoping hoping the best for all those people who have been affected yeah. by the floods, those communities and bowls clubs in particular. Our bowlers won a game on Sunday at East Shepparton on the thirty first of October at ten o'clock start. They got a mixed pairs, three bowl pairs, yep. good prize money. They got about twenty four entries at the moment, and but they're looking for. Um, a few more, so Ash, you might be able to 
grab one of your old girlfriends to have a game. <laughs> Sunday or Monday? Sunday. 30th then. Oh, the 30th. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, 30th. So that's this Sunday. This Sunday, 10 o'clock start, and you won't have to worry about the, the carpets will be in fine fettle, and uh, hopefully the weather's good. Well, thanks very much for joining us uh, on another episode of After the Jack. If you do get on on the weekend, uh, make sure you put them on the right bias and uh, get your Melbourne Cup tips on. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.